1: Oh,
2: Tatsli, hey, you I am a
0: A.M. in the A.M. How you doing, everybody? Welcome to a what is today? Monday! (laughs) Back to school, back to work we go after yesterday. I can't even tell you what day it is anymore. Yesterday seemed like a week-long broadcast, but it was amazing and incredible, and I want to thank everybody who was watching around the world and listening in around the world. And we did have a couple of technical glitches, which is driving us nuts, frankly, because it's the type of thing that happens like once a year, and, of course, parade days when it happened to us. But nonetheless, we... uh, We kept an amazing perspective, a happy face, and rightfully so. People by the thousands and ten thousands and hundreds of thousands were out celebrating Israel yesterday on Fifth Avenue in New York. You did not disappoint, New York and New Jersey. You did not disappoint. Plus, uh, we'll add Florida and California and Philadelphia. They came through like crazy. And more areas that were represented on Fifth Avenue yesterday. Celebrate Israel parades. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks to everybody who was uh, so enthusiastic in advance. A big, big thank you to our friends at Ale. They presented our entire broadcast, which is a major undertaking and an incredible gesture and a wonderful way to bridge the gap between us and Israel. Go to Aled.org, support their efforts, get to Israel at some point this summer, ask the folks at Ale for a tour of their facilities. You will be very very impressed. Shop Ale Ale slash boutique. Ale A L E H dot slash boutique. Monday morning broadcast with 53 degrees in New York, pretty chilly. Morning showers and a high of 75. Partly cloudy tonight, low 59. Tomorrow some morning, some afternoon rain and a high 76. We're at 74 in Jerusalem, 53 here in New York City on this Monday, heading back to school and back to work at JM. In the AM, some of the music we've been playing for you so far today includes Miloch Cohen's HaRaini, you heard the New York Boys Choir with Nunu, Pizchuli with Yisrael Juskiewicz, Eitan Katz, and Asher Bara, Eitan Freyla, Haneli Yahu, Masach HaShem, our Monday morning theme song from Mayor Sherman, and of course, Regesh Modani opening things up, and we say good morning. 25 minutes before 7 o'clock, good morning all, it's JM in the AM. Thank you to everybody who was part of our Celebrate Israel Day Parade coverage uh, Carmel Winery, American Committee for Sharitetic Medical Center in Jerusalem, the Rothenberg Law firm, Udin's appliances, and of course our presenting sponsor, Ale, uh, who was uh, so magnanimous and amazing. and uh, we'll just keep reminding everybody how incredible an organization they are, rightfully, so they are an amazing and incredible organization. There's a lot to talk about. We have great guests coming in this morning. There's just just we are on quite a roll here at the Nahum Siegel Network to say the least. And we pray that that continues. By the way, keep in mind, and we say this all the time during our spring fundraiser, keep in mind you can um, sponsor part or all of a JM and the AM broadcast. Just go to fjbunity.org, FJB for Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting, fjbunity.org. You'll see on the top there's a tab that says Sponsorship Opportunities, Support Us, Get the word out of it, whatever it is you'd like to say, whether it's uh, a dedication in memory of somebody, in honor of somebody, somebody's birthday, whatever the case may be, fjbunity.org. And we thank you for your, uh, for your support. One of the greatest feelings last night, frankly, was I got home and we got some alerts on our phones that donations had come into fjbunity.org because people had really appreciated our parade coverage. And that is amazing. Nobody does Israel in the diaspora like we do. In Israel, they do Israel really well, but nobody does Israel in the diaspora like we do. A cause worth worth supporting, and I'm very glad that we uh, that we had a lot of people who felt that way as well. More coming up at 23 minutes before seven o'clock. We say good morning, a music-filled Monday, um, and then uh, some guests are coming in who are uh, uh, who are um, leading some amazing organizations. All of that happening on a Monday. If you keep it right here at JM in the AM.
4: I'm going The coil is immoral. The coil is immoral. The coil is immoral. The 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 Kamele Hashem, Kamele Hashem, Hashem, Bechinoi, 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 Zimro, Bachatoi Troide, Bechoy
0: J.M. and the A.M. on a Monday. yeah F. C. Clear Code comes from Ari Goldwag. That's brand new. Uh, what else do we have for you? We had uh, Yehuda Green from the Peace in My Heart album. Uh, that's Hashem Melech. Yerach Miel Begun, Miami Boys Choir. He was here last week. Someone commented to me yesterday about how great that interview was. It was a very solid conversation, I must say. Very proud of that one. Um, if you missed it, go to Facebook live, Nachum Segal Network slash, uh, excuse me, facebook.com slash Nachum Segal Network, where I see yesterday's video of the parade is in amazing numbers already. (laughs) Baruch Hashem. had Hariyu, um, to open up that set here at JM It's Monday on June 4th, the 21st of Sivan. Good morning. All everyone waking up on a high from yesterday's celebrate Israel parade and the incredible day of celebrating Israel in New York City. It was really nice seeing uh, so many people and getting such a tremendous reaction from everybody. Kolakavot to all who were uh, on the streets demonstrating their support for the Holy Land. And One thing we did prove, and we had discussed this at length earlier, both on and off the air, one thing we proved, the weather's decent if it just holds up, even if there's a cloud cover, etc. You get a great crowd, especially in a banner year like the 70th. So, as long as that weather holds, as long as there's no monsoon, we have tremendous potential on Celebrate Israel Parade Day. And yesterday was an example of that. I want to thank Stacey Rottenstreich of Flushing for a $100 donation to FJBUnity.org. Lori and Ira Bauman in Teaneck, New Jersey. Thank you. Morris S. is Hey, Morris, $100 plus $1. Eva Goldenberg in Basking Ridge. A 10 times high donation. Got some great donations over the weekend to FJB. Uh, the Atwood family in Teaneck, thank you. Um, An anonymous donation. Oh, actually, not anonymous. The Polavoy family in Teaneck, New Jersey, for all the good jam they and Nachum Siegel does. Thank you for that. Uh, so, Let's see. Anonymous in honor of Murray Gold. I miss... Um, I miss having your program on WFMU, but I do listen when traveling. Well, thank you. That's the right attitude. Thank you, Susan, in uh, Kinelon, New Jersey. That is the way to do it. You listen as often as possible. And I always like to tell people you listen for five minutes a day, even in a a manner that you're not used to, you know, phone, app, computer, etc., archive, you listen five minutes a day, you'll see you'll become a really regular listener very quickly. So thank you for that. The Colats in Elizabeth, New Jersey, in honor of Daniel, Eitan, and Julie Kolat, with a lot of love and encouragement. Thank you very much for that one. If you want to donate, fjbunity.org. I'll get to the ones that came in through the website over the weekend as well, fjbunity.org. Uh, a donation and from the Goldbergs in honor of Shira Acham of Aschana Bracha. Um, thank you to Beatrice Roth. Thank you to Rabbi Klibbenhoff. And the great Congregation Eitzchai, his family and Congregation Eitzchai in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Uh, Zena Steinberg, in honor of the Hollywood community Kolel of Florida, and wonderful son in law Yehuda, who really inspires the Chevra to come closer to Hashem with Simcha. It is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program heard on listeners sponsored digital radio around the world and the web at on the Siegel Network, and of course on the beloved. NSN app. Got lights on in the background. We we'll get to our news from Israel next. Barbara Rosenfeld, thank you for the one hundred dollar donation from Riverdale in memory of Dean Norman Rosenfeld. Oh, I love Dean Rosenfeld. I can tell you that much. Thanks to a Babla Dean in Wayne, New Jersey, a donation of one hundred dollars, in memory of my father. Thank you for that. And to Abe Spicer in Parsippany, thank you, Abe, for your donation to FJB. Greatly appreciated. Galitzal Israel Army Radio 2
5: p.m. newscast for a Monday is next at JMA. <laughs>
6: הצעת החוק הורית להפיכתה של מדינת ישראל למדינת כלל אזרחיה במקום מדינה יהודית ודמוקרטית. נשיאות הכנסת בגיבוי חווה דעת משפטית החליטה שמדובר בהצעה ששוללת את ערכי היסוד של מדינת ישראל, ורק לפיכך ישרה לפסול אותה עוד בטרם לדיון במליאת הכנסת, בצד שלא התקיים בכנסות אחרונות ישב ראש הכנסת אדלשטיין אמר בתגובה, יש קווים אדומים שאפילו לא כדאי להתקרב אליהם.
5: יושבת ראש הוועדה לביקורת המדינה, שלי יחימוביץ, אומרת, אני בטוחה שמכירה וחלוקת הכרטיסים למשחק של הנבחרת מול ארגנטינה מלווה באיסדרים משמעותיים שרבים מהם עוד התגלו. היא שוחחה בגלי צהל עם
7: שומעתי ממקור בכיר במשרד שמעורה בפרטים זאת הייתה טענתו הצבתי כי יש שבת ראש הווידה את השאלה הזאת לפני אנשי המשרד הם התחישו בתוקף כיוון שהייתה כרשה גורפת לא נותר לנו אלא לחכות ולראות אם כן הדבר הזה יתרחש או לא יתרחש ואף אחד לא ייפול מה כיסא בתדמה, יתרחש
5: ראש עיריית חדרה צבי גנדלמן, שנעצר בחשד לקבלת שוחד, יובה להערכת מעצר בעוד כשעה. ביש עתיד, הישעו את חברותו במפלגה. כתבתנו הדס שטייף.
7: יחד איתו נעצרו נהגו, ראש לשקטו וקבלן ידוע בעיר. גנדלמן הוא ראש העיר השלישי, שנעצר בחשד לעבירות קליות בחדרה. חשד בתמורה לטובות לקבלן, זכר ראש העיר מקורביו, בשוחד מידיו.
5: צהל, חיסל מחבל שחצה הגדר ברצועת עזה, כתבנו הצבאי צחי דאבוש. שני מחבלים פלסטינים ניסו לחדור מהעזה לשטח ישראל כדי לבצע פיגוע. הם חצו את הגבול מול קיבוץ נירים. המחבלים פגעו בגדר המערכת תוך שהם נוסעים עליהם גרזן. כוח של צהל אוזנק למקום במהירות והגיב בירי. מחבל אחד נהרג והשני נמלט, חזרה לשטח הרצועה. על רקע סעראת חוכא גיור בינה אורתודוקסים ל reformים נציין אמדינה רובי ריבלין אומר לאיתחן שAMEDינת תפסיק לדאוג ליהודים החיים מחוץ לישראל כתבו נו יאיר אורבי תושמעו לו האי מסרד חינוך חוסר להנפת דגל גאווה על גגות בדאי ספר כתבתנו לינן חינוך מחל chains
2: תלמידי תיכון בlich ברמת גן בקשר ליתלות דגל גאווה בפתח בדאי ספר כחלק מה away חודש גאווה אבל מסרד חינוך חייב את הדנקדותו בין הצהה חינוךי במוסד וגורמים בבית הספר מספרים כי במסרד חשישו שהמלה אלול יתפרש כחלק ממיסר בחירות לקראת בחירות המקומיות היריא נתנה את השכמתה והafortית יום תורן דגל
5: תחזית חם ומאונן חלקית. אלה החדשות שורח דאנ דובינ.
8: BMW.
9: Tehidna Zerah Hashem Seba
2: Shamoya tismu ve ko yemi Ushmartes gisi ve semli
9: sigulo
2: mi kalo a mi mi dia tu A dollar bill was floating through the air it flew into a synagogue and no one else was there it landed on the bima and it tried to go to sleep but from the Yarn kodesh a voice began to
10: speak
2: <laughs> who is in my synagogue the dollar bill said i i've come here from america there's nothing i can't buy that's why people worship me now tell me who are you My name is the Torah, and everything I say is true. Tell me, tell me, Torah, why do you speak so sad? You live in this nice synagogue, I think you should be glad. I've always lived with Israel, the Torah did reply. But my people do not listen, and I just wonder why. Night. There burns an olive oil lamp. it's the eternal light And from the Yarn Kodesh, a cry is heard once more And if you look real close, you can see the teardrops of the floor.
0: J.M. and the A.M., Dollar Bill from the Yes Legacy album, the music of Moshe Yes. That's Nochi Krohn doing the Dollar Bill selection. Miami, brand new with La Olam Vaya. That is their title track. You heard Shlomo Katzen there with Yismach Melech, Benny Friedman's Bum Bum. Simcha Liner had Kanfei Nesharem and I.A. Kunstler opened up the set with Hashem's Vasai. Plenty of music for a Monday. Thanks for tuning in. It's J.M. and the A.M. at 28 minutes after the hour. A big thank you to everybody who was part of our big, big, big celebration yesterday as we celebrated Israel on Fifth Avenue. My thanks to uh, Ale, Caring for Israel's Disabled Together, Ale, ale.org. They were the presenting sponsor of our amazing broadcast yesterday. And I thank them very, very much. Uh, remember that Ale has uh, four different locations in Israel. They are more than open to have you and others visit them and tour the facilities during your next trip. And a lot of people, a lot of people in this audience are heading to Israel in June and July and August. Use the opportunity to visit Ale. Go to aleh.org, A-L-E-H.org. Shop Ale and support them at org slash boutique. And uh, you could twin your bar or bat mitzvah teenager or almost teenager. Uh, with Aleh uh, by going to AlehMitzvah.org, AlehMitzvah.org. So lots of opportunities to support them, and believe you me, they deserve it. That's for sure. I uh, also want to thank our friends at Uden's Appliances, the American Committee for Shari Tzedek Medical Center in Jerusalem, the Rothenburg Law Firm, and Carmel Winery, all prominent sponsors of ours during our parade broadcast yesterday. special thank you to Kosher in Midtown, Kosher in Midtown under the leadership of Kevin Conan, Came through with uh, delicious lunch treats for us on the Parade Route. So thank you, Kosher in Midtown, 43 East 34th Street. And a big thank you to Robbie Zeitz. Mark Zamek tells me that uh, Robbie <laughs> provided some extra special treats as well. And that is much appreciated. A big, big, big Yashikach to the Met Council on Jewish Poverty. They had their 42nd annual legislative breakfast yesterday morning at the Yale Club before the Parade. Congratulations to David Greenfield, the CEO of Met Council, and his entire staff. It was really a beautiful event. Errol Lewis of New York 1 was the Master of Ceremonies. Had a great schmooze with him. And, of course, uh, Eric Goldstein, the CEO of UJA Federation, was taking great pride in the uh, proceedings yesterday. So Met Council on Jewish Poverty, Big Yeshekoch, a beautiful event in Manhattan yesterday. You should continue to go from strength. To strength, please keep in mind Ezra Chaim Ben Rifka for a Ezra Chaim Ben Rifka for Ravushlema, and your help with that is greatly appreciated. Monday morning broadcast. It is J.M. in the A.M. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words: Harav Savalevi and Esther Savalevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with morning chizuk. Oh, one second. I apologize. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser
11: with morning chizuk. Good morning. It says, Reishi's the beginning of all wisdom, is Yiras Hashem, the fear of Hashem. The Briskarov once said that he was walking on the road right outside the city, and he met a person, a merchant, who was crying bitterly. Reb Chaim asked him, why are you crying? He explained that he was on his way home from a big business trip. When he was at the edge of his hometown, someone tricked him out of a big bag of money that he made on his trip. Now, after all this hard work and trouble, he would be coming home with nothing. When he finished speaking, his crying became even more intense. When Reb Chaim heard this, he said, Wait, I promise to bring you the amount of money that has been stolen from you. The merchant was so happy, he didn't know what to do. He blessed him profusely for helping him at the time of his great tsar, at the time of his pain. A number of days passed, and the great tzaddik Reb Chaim fulfilled his promise and brought him the total sum of money that had been stolen. The merchant then told Reb Chaim, I really was not crying for the money that I lost but rather the fact that I was a Shoita, a fool, and the ganav had access to my belongings. I am crying because he was able to trick me and empty my pockets. Reb Chaim understood that what the person was saying was simply not true. So he said to him, Okay, if that's true, then it's a shame that I got all this money together we'll both go to the Beis they will write you a special certificate that you're not a Shoita, you're not a fool, and the money will remain by me. Obviously, the Socher did not agree to the suggestion. He started crying out, but the money, the money! From this we learn that a person is not measured by his words, but rather by his masim toivim. That is like it says, All of the talking, all of the speeches are not the main thing. Elohamase is a person's deed, a person's actions. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you Morning Chizik. Have a nice day.
0: the am in the a.m. That's RJ2 from the Modem album here at J.M. The Monday morning broadcast heading back to school and back to work. And I thank all of you for tuning in. Big thank you to everybody who, uh, who helped us yesterday with the Celebrate Israel Parade coverage was really a, um, an amazing day on Fifth Avenue in New York City. Big thank you to JCRC, to all of our staff, who really worked hard both uh, in front of and behind the scenes for as smooth a broadcast as possible. Much appreciated. It was a great effort, and uh, I am glad that tens of thousands of people around the world got to enjoy it because of us. Certainly a great feeling. 21 minutes before the hour, it's JM there. Many of you have likely seen... A video that has, as the expression goes, gone viral. Over 25,000 views. It's called Magical Dentist. Dr. Ayal Simchi is the dentist. And the reason it's called Magical Dentist is because a little magic, yeah, real magic, like magic tricks, goes a long way in making dental appointments easy and fun. Dr. Simchi is at Riverfront Pediatric Dentistry. Which I believe is in New Jersey. Doctor Simchi, welcome to JM in the AM.
7: Thank you very much. How are you?
0: Am I right that you're in Jersey?
7: Yes, we're in Elmwood Park, New Jersey.
0: Um, so I mean first of all, you must be shocked that twenty five thousand people have already viewed this thing, huh?
7: Yes. So that's actually on, on YouTube. On on our Facebook page, I think it's at thirty million. So it's thirty million Yes.
0: Well uh, that that that's pretty significant, what did you say? <laughs>
7: <laughs> yeah, we were pretty shocked when we saw it. We actually posted it before Shfouis, so we didn't even know that it happened. And then Mote Shfouis, my sister, called me from Israel to tell me to look at your Facebook page. And that's when we found out.
0: I didn't know in less than three weeks a video can get 30 million hits, frankly.
7: I didn't either. We didn't have any idea that something like this would happen.
0: Now, I mean, it, you know, it, you know, I don't know if you know this or not, doctor, but a lot of people don't like visiting you. Do you know that? <laughs> I
7: do know that. I don't like going to the
0: dentist either. So <laughs> Even you don't like going to the dentist. There are people who have tremendous fear and others who are simply uncomfortable and Would rather spend their day somewhere else, but in your office. You get the point, right? Absolutely. So, I mean, and, and of course, if those who watch the video, and uh, now that there's so many more than I thought who have watched it, um, they, they've they seen that you're using magic tricks or the uh, the uh, the fun of magic to make uh, life a little easier for your patients. I would assume most of your patients are young kids, right?
7: Right. I'm a pediatric dentist, so right. we only see kids and patients with special needs.
0: And that must be a, a, a big challenge. I, I know what it's like uh, when you need to see an adult in a dentist's chair. That could be a challenge, but a kid can really give you trouble. A kid can really express his or her displeasure with the experience. Definitely. <laughs> um. So the magic is this is not an isolated case where you happen to— to pull out your magic tricks. I would assume you do this on a regular basis.
7: Well it's one of many things that we do in our office. We, we really try hard to make it less about the dental experience for the kids and more of a, a fun experience so that the dentistry is sort of a side thing in their you know, side mirrors. They don't have to stress out about it so much. Um, but yeah definitely um, it's, it's a daily occurrence.
0: And the young kid that we see in the video, was he in fact giving you a lot of trouble about getting in that chair and, uh, and going through the whole procedure?
7: Lucky with him because it was one of his first appointments and generally if we can start in the office sort of in a positive light from a young age most of the time um, there isn't a lot of stress afterwards so if we can keep them happy from the beginning then we can keep it more of a positive experience. How did, is, how did the appointment go with him by the way? Oh, uh, He did great. <laughs> he, S- smooth, he was, sailing, uh, smooth sailing after your performance? Yep he was <laughs> excited the entire time he just wanted more of the magic trick.
0: Pretty amazing. Dr. Yal Simchi is with us live via telephone. I mean, there are people who are, uh, you know, really fascinated by this whole thing, I guess, because you and the patient come from different uh, cultures and backgrounds. Maybe that's part of it. I know that the term kiddush Hashem is uh, being tossed around. Do you you have any, uh, you know, do you have any um, uh, interesting overview about this whole experience that we should know about?
7: I mean, I think in general it was great, you know, to to be part of a Kiddush Hashem like that, and I I agree with you that the fact that we're from different backgrounds, the dentist that I know actually said one of his maintenance people in the office was very excited to see that, you know, I was Jewish like the other dentist, and it didn't make a difference that this kid was not (laughs) similar to me in any way, and it was still just a great interaction, and just over sort of, uh, for dentistry in general, most of the things in the media about dentistry are usually not that positive, and this was just great to see it more positive sort of spin to that. How, you, how long
0: have you been doing magic?
7: So I got my first trick probably about 10 years ago, maybe even a little more. Um, I, I've never really been into magic, but I was in the mall with my wife and we saw a magic trick that kind of amazed us, which was this light trick, and uh, it was really her idea. She said, you know, you're going to be a pediatric dentist, this would be great for your patients, I was like, okay, I can try it. I don't know if I'll be able to figure it out, but that's where it started.
0: Are you great
7: at it at this point,
0: or are you just good enough for the dentist's office? (laughs) Uh, I'd say
7: somewhere in the middle. I've been doing it for 10 years, so I'm a little better than uh, (laughs) the beginning, but I'm definitely not a magician.
0: And what tips would you give to parents whose kids are throwing a tantrum about going to the dentist, and then, even more importantly, what would you say to parents and others who are experiencing the – the child's temper tantrum in the office itself?
7: So it's not the easiest thing to deal with because it really depends on why the kid's throwing the temper tantrum. If they've had a negative, negative experience beforehand, it's usually difficult, difficult to get past that. Um, I usually recommend taking it slow. So if I do have a patient that's having a very tough time, oftentimes we won't do anything the first visit. They'll just come into the office, get some prizes, see some tricks, and you know take a little tour around the office. Um, what helps me in my practice is that we don't push to do treatment until kids are ready for it. So we have times where there's two three appointments and we do nothing just to kind of get them used to the environment and sort of build a relationship with the practice and with me and my assistant. Um, so that helps a lot especially for kids who are really scared.
0: Very interesting. Well nice approach I can tell you that much. It certainly I'm sure I'm sure it would help calm the parents nerves that's for sure. By the way you mentioned that you deal with uh, pediatrics meaning children and those with special needs can I assume that the majority of the encounters in both categories are pretty smooth uh,
7: most of the time yes yeah that's what um, I would figure. We, we try to keep it that way as much as we can
0: right I mean I would guess in general that the majority of patients in these cases you know are, are cooperative it's it's the ones that aren't that get all the attention huh <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Yeah. I mean when your colleagues here yelling and screaming from the room they know what's going on there's a kid who's not exactly very happy about being there
7: so yeah, we, we generally don't work on crying kids, so that's part of uh, what we do in our practice is to try to do whatever we can to remember that the tooth is attached to a kid <laughs> right. um, and try to make it as positive as possible.
0: Well, very cool. Great attitude and a, a really a, an amazing and incredible uh, a way of doing all of this. Uh, the magic certainly helps a lot, and now that it's gone to 30 million people, my gosh, I guess other, others, uh, other dentists, especially pediatric dentists around the country, are going to start rethinking the way they approach their practice. and maybe Yeah, vil- gotten,
7: yeah I, mean, I, I hope so. I've gotten calls from emergency room nurses, and I have a friend who's actually a nurse, and he started using magic on his floor, and he said it's amazing. We got a call from California from a pediatrician that wants to incorporate it into her practice. So you know, if we can help any of our patients or, or even you know, the doctors, it's really
0: a great thing. Here, they're doing dentistry <laughs> differently, everybody. A little magic goes a long way. You can see it in the video about Dr. Ayal Simchi which is a lot of fun and pretty cool. Riverfront Pediatric Dentistry is where he's based. That's Elmwood Park, New Jersey. And I thank you very much for taking the time and uh, a a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to make this type of massive Kiddush Hashem, and you certainly took advantage of it. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you very much. Dr. Ayal Simchi, the magical dentist with us here at JM in the AM. (laughs) JM in the AM with Ruby New here at JM in the AM. It's called Six Days Monday Morning. Heading back to school, back to work. <coughs> Excuse me, with JM in the AM. Um, we've been thanking <coughs> we've been thanking those who have been uh, sending in donations to us, the Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting in support of JM in the Nachum Single Network. And I thank everybody who's participated in our spring fundraiser. Really been amazing up until now. And, um, and just a second. There we go. Uh, Friday, we got a bunch of donations online, fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. Those of you who haven't yet given, you can go to that website and give right now. Literally fjbunity.org. And I want to take this opportunity to thank some of those people who have given over the last few days. Uh, thank you to uh, David Rosenbaum, who gave in honor of his wife, Susan, a $75 donation. Thank you very much. Double high from Yael Karasik. Thanks for a great program. We listen every morning and often throughout the day. Greatly appreciate that. Um, we mentioned on Friday, $50 from the uh, Orleans. Moshe Orlean in honor of grandchildren Talia, Shoshana, and Sipora. Thanks for great program- programming and special recognition to Rabbi Yudin for his thought-provoking the Torah that's become part of our Erev Shabbos routine. That's Aviva and Moshe Orlean. Thank you, guys. Um, also on Friday, we got a donation from, uh, Isaac Jaroslawicz, triple high. Thank you, Isaac. Uh, we got a, um, <clears throat> a triple high donation from Robert Kirsch in honor of, uh, Mark Zamic, Mayor Weingarten and all they do for NSN. Those are the Kirsch's in Teaneck, New Jersey. Thank you very much for that. Uh, Dr. Robert Kirsch, that's right. Uh, in Passaic, New Jersey, Robert Rogoff, in honor of Tova and Israel and all of our children. That comes from the Rogoffs in Passaic. And then earlier today, if I'm not mistaken, oh, actually, between yesterday and today, we got the following donations. Uh, double high from Michael Yankovich. Thank you very much, Michael. And a, um, a donation of $25 from Chaya Feldstein. Thank you, Chaya. So t- thanks to everybody who's been pitching in and uh, making sure to give. If you haven't given yet. Um, it's all happening, uh, on the website, go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. And that is how you can give and the support JM and the AM and the Nahum Siegel network. Full day of programming. Mayor Weingarten and the Israel show coming up at nine o'clock, 10 o'clock. It's after further review. I'm sure that the uh, Yoni and Seth will have plenty to say about the NBA playoffs. Uh, 11 o'clock. Novak Now, Jake Novak on the topic of how journalism in America has lost its way. That's at 11 a.m. Eastern time. Novak Now, a relatively brand new show here at the Nahum Siegel Network. All right, so plenty to do, plenty to tune into. Lots of uh, very interesting programming all through the day. I hope you'll have an opportunity um, to tune in and be part of it. JM and the AM Monday. More coming up. Keep it right here at the Nahum Siegel Network.
2: Subtitles Share a bull so save a simple for some for some decalo. Share a bull so
0: Oh, yes. Sandy Shmueli. Uh, for the person on the app who asked what preceded that, it's Amramadar Madar with Sasson Visimcha. That was the song you heard. It's a Monday, and this is America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world on the web at on the Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Daniel Gordon, our wonderful friend and one-time uh, regular contributor to the Malcolm Segal Network is with me live in studio. Daniel Gordon is the chief relationship officer for NCSY New York and associate national director of development for NCSY. A pretty large and amazing outfit here in the United States of America and beyond. Daniel Gordon, welcome back to JM in the AM.
12: Good morning, Nachum. How are you?
0: Baruch Hashem, how are you?
12: I am great now that I was able to go on fjbunity.org and uh, support your programming on the way in.
0: I want to tell you something. That's very nice of you, magnanimous at the minimum, and uh, I would hope that everybody who walks into this studio would feel the same way. Maybe I should have a big side. Before you walk in, please, please make sure to go to fjbunity.org.
12: Well, you are very serious about the sounds, so the door is locked. So I think there should be. You will receive the code.
0: Correct. That's the only way you'll be able to enter is if you go to fjbunity.org. And those who are really fearing what this experience is like, they'll give. They'll give a lot of money. They'll really pour it on.
12: You know, all joking aside, I was. Uh, I've 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 had the pleasure of being a part of this uh, of this operation. I think since since day one it started uh, in Florida right. uh, with the conversation with you um, and. Mary and what you do um, and, and what you're able to achieve is, is truly amazing. Thank you. Um, having seen the, the, the back end of, uh, of what goes into it, uh, I think only makes me that, that much more appreciative um, than the average listener and the average participant. Well, much appreciated. Thank you. How long have you been at, with NCSY? I've been with NCSY since August. Um, it's nine months, but feels like, you know, nine years and doggy years. You know, what's interesting
0: is that um, in my day, way, way before you were around, frankly, um, New York NCSY was not very powerful, and this is not a knock on the leadership back then. Believe me, they did a great job, got a lot of kids, made a lot of you know it changed the lives of a lot of families. That's not the point. My point being that it did not have a, a a very strong presence in the five boroughs in the New York area. And I guess when you say New York NCSY, you're referring to the five boroughs, or is it beyond? Yeah, so that? it's
12: the five boroughs: uh, Rockland um, and Long Island. And and, And Westchester
0: and Rockland used to be in Jersey, ironically enough, but now it's part of New York. Correct. And then at some point, at some point in the history, eighties, nineties, once we got into the two thousands, it was obvious that that New York NCSY, uh, which had not enjoyed the the you know the reputation of some of the of some of the you know really big explosive regions of NCSY in this country, there were some legendary regions. In those days, I could tell you about. I mean, really
12: legendary. My mother is a uh, is a Harsinai alum,
0: and that was is that upstate?
12: That's, yeah, but upstate that, New York. You don't say upstate New York. It's Harsinai, right? Um, I'm, I'm trying to remember who.
0: I'm trying to remember who her regional director would have been. I don't remember that.
12: I don't even think she remembers. But I'm
0: thinking of not only that, but I'm thinking of uh, Central East and uh, and Atlantic Seaboard and Long Island. I mean, those were really powerful regions at the time. And now, I would say, at least from my vantage point, it seems New York has the same type. of of reputation, that it's really doing amazing work and accomplishing, you know, on a much larger scale than it did in the past.
12: So I think that's for two reasons. One, there was a strategic decision made um, a number of years ago to com- combine New York NCSY and Long Island NCSY, ah. um, which were separate operations, uh, because we really are um, one and the same. And I think we see that day in and day out, just with the mobility of the teens, whether they go to day school um, or to public school, the teens are all over the place virtually or physically, you know, it used to be much harder to get to an event that was farther away or to participate in an event when there was no remote. Um, And now you can have the opportunity to be part of, you know, New York NCSY and be all over, you can be part of NCSY all over the world. Right, virtually. Um, Chile and Argentina um, as well. Uh, So I think that's one. I think the second thing is that we realize that if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere not to be too cheesy. Um, and, and, and the, the, just the sheer numbers of teens and of opportunities and of, and of philanthropists and of programs and right. of partners that Lots exist. Lots of Jews in New York. In this, it, yes. That's one way of saying it. We saw that yesterday. Um, yes. Thank and so, God. Yeah. So, so, you know, you go to this, the, uh, the celebrate Israel parade and you spend a day. Um, uh, my wife, uh, it's one of her least favorite days of the year because we go with our children and I spend the entire day walking up and down fifth Avenue on the side and or in the parade, um, talking to people and, uh, and that's just who I am, and, and also what I do for a living. But I think that, you know, that's the proof is in the eating, um, in, 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 in just seeing that. And so trying to do new things, trying to, to pilot new things, um, thank God, with the amazing support of the national team at NCSY and the OU, right. uh, giving us the leeway to try things, to do d- different things, to try different programs, to try different strategies, um, and really just try to reach as many teenagers as who possible. Who leads the region? Uh, Rita Emerson. Oh, Rena, um, of course. Yeah, Rena, who's a who's a dear friend, I believe. And I wonder,
0: well. yeah, Sharina is great. And I wonder if um, if New York has very different programming and doing very different things, as you just alluded to, that you really can't do it anywhere else in the country. I wonder about that. Yeah, so
12: I think that uh, first of all, we we are looking at how to reach the teens um, in any way possible. So one of the challenges that you have in New York, I think, different from other places, is. There's a, lot of, there's a maturity, there's an independence, right. um, and there's over-programming all around the country, whether that's in the day school population or the public school population, right. but certainly in New York. So if I, you know, the average high school, I remember I used to coach the basketball team at SAR um, High School with Rafi Halpert, and just finding time for practice when they weren't doing homework and or doing uh, chess team right. and or studying for the SATs. <laughs> I mean, you have teenagers. Um, you know, doing all those things uh, is... It's complicated, so figuring out ways to meet them, again, whether that's that's virtually or during the week at night or um, amazing Shabbatones or doing programming that speaks to them. I think one of the sad things that that we see across uh, the country is that one of the things that parents and teens ask us all the time is uh, how is this going to help my resume, Um, which to me is... When you're a teenager, I say just enjoy this. It's never going to yeah, get better. Yeah, I never thought of um, a reservation. And I'm not teenagers. that old. And I'm not that old. Um, but uh, you know, so 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 thinking about ty- that type of program, thinking about innovative programs. For example, in the summer, I mean, what David Cutler does, I don't have to right. to, to tell you. Right. Um, but right. having programs where where teens can go to Israel and have internships there that they can come back and and, and put yeah, that that's on cool. a resume. That was a great addition. Yes, yeah, so that. that's amazing. So yeah. so so how does that happen? That happens out of supply and demand. Right. Um, and and being able to meet the teens over there. That's a heavily New York program. Um, and that's uh, and that's what we're looking for. And the last thing I'll say to you yeah. is that. Um, the other thing that, that speaks to New York is we can only do the work. Anybody who's involved in NCSY knows that all of the work that we do is dependent upon um, our advisors who are in college. Um, you know firsthand, Yoshua uh, was with me last Shabbos. Yoshua um, single. And so instead of spending— And by know-
0: the way, that was a regional that was literally region-wide, or it's so big now that you do several— separate- No, no, that was,
12: that was region-wide. We were at Camp Dina. Um, and it was uh, it was Enough Memorial space Day. There for yeah, it was wow. it was packed. It was Memorial Day weekend. Um, so instead of spending Memorial Day weekend with his family or me with my family, um, we were we yeah, were he, there. He, and we he, doing- he missed
0: a couple of minor league baseball. I games I so I, can, I,
12: I can only imagine. Yeah. Um. I know how seriously you take your minor league baseball. <laughs> exactly. Um. Another great uh, Daniel Gordon, uh, Nahum Siegel <laughs> Network memory. Uh. But uh. But but you know we can only do what we do because of them. And 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 part of part of the 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 push and the pull in New York is that on the one hand it's amazing we have the the college. Um, you know, young men and young women, right in our backyard. On the other hand, they they would rather get on an airplane, some of them, and right. go to Los Angeles and Seattle and Memphis and Toronto and do the work. And right. so, uh, that's a challenge. But we really do have amazing advisors that enable us to do it. Daniel
0: Gordon's here now, chief relationship officer. Existed before you, or was created for you?
12: Um, I wouldn't say created it for me. Uh, part of the vision, we uh, we know that we need to. Be a part of the community, especially here in New York, right. and 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 to go places and people say, oh, NCSY, that's X, or or what is NCSY, um, is is not only unacceptable but quite frankly a tragedy that the work that we do is incredible. And um, we literally change lives and change the future of college. So I'm not sure how many other organizations um can say that. There are a lot that do pieces of that, but right. but but looking to the future, um and uh, and being able to to be part of the larger community. So my responsibilities are on the fundraising side and the philanthropy side, but also uh, working with communities. I've met with, uh, I would say, 90% of the rabbis that were willing to take the meeting and weren't too busy because rabbis are, I think, the most busy people in the world. Um, And and meeting with rabbis and youth directors and and, and lay people and lay chairmen and organizations that really just need to know what NCSY is and the teens that we reach in the work.
0: Now, uh, this is interesting to me because I would assume in the role of chief, Relationship officer in New York You want to meet parents And potential supporters In Rockland as you mentioned Long Island as you mentioned and Of course the five boroughs But then you're also Associate National Director of Development For NCSY In which case you'd want to meet People in Jersey, Florida And everywhere else So is that in Yeah any so way my, my
12: First of all we have an amazing Director of Development here in New York Named Tiffany Jankovic uh, So she was responsible with me um, Working on fundraising uh, but but my role nationally is to really take some of my experiences that I had before I came to NCSY and try to figure out ways to enhance the fundraising and the community uh, building relationships uh, around the country. So for example, uh, last week, uh, two weeks ago, we did a uh, national day of giving uh, in which we raised um, close to three quarters of a million dollars right, um, around the country and so it was my job to figure out how we can all together come together to do programming because the regions, as you mentioned before, have been successful on their own right for decades um, and how can we come together how can we bring the national uh, strength of ncsy uh, to all the regions right and,
0: and as and we make this point all the time in our case which i've proven many many times and i'm sure it's the same with the regions around the country with ncsy the more money they have the more they're able to do programmatically providing for kids for families that are also changing as their kids change etc etc it's, it's just all about the money it's all about getting you know as 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 many funds as possible to all these places i mean frankly if uh, if the uh, funds weren't available, all these things, whether it's summer programs or other things, would just not be available to the public. So that's what it all comes down to.
12: That's definitely true. And I think uh, one of the special things about working for NCSY is that uh, thanks to the amazing support of the OU, uh, all of the money that we raise goes directly to teens, their programming, their scholarships. So right. every time we raise a dollar and want to send another kid to Israel, um, that's, you know, one 5,000th of getting them there right. um, and really working to that. And I think the other piece is just that, that, when people are exposed to the work that we do, I think you're you're another case of that. You know, there's a lot of charities out there that, that struggle with how do you get people to really buy into what you right. do, and we just say, as me- the more people we can expose to the work that we do, um, the more people that would listen to Jam and the AM every day and see the work that you do and, 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 and the, the programs. Um, I worked for a guy who I think traveled the world um, with you uh, quite some time, and yeah. I heard uh, lots of stories about that, and just literally the unity and the tears and the, the, the laughs, the smiles, the tears, so it's all about exposure, and thank God the community is filled with people who not only have the uh, religious imperative uh, to support the work that we do, but also the value system.
0: Yeah, no question about it. You remind me of an article I read over the weekend by Shmuel Sackett, who was uh, bemoaning the fact of what people do spend money on and how much better the Jewish community can be at spending their money. And uh, what you just said uh, encourages me to remind people that all the luxuries are wonderful and we are as guilty as anybody else of having certain luxuries, needs, desires, etc., uh, but the more you set aside for things like this, uh, the more great people are able to uh, t- to work and uh, and enhance uh, different Jewish families' experiences. And by the way, when I say great people, when I went to the NCSY uh, leadership Shabbaton, there was a tremendous amount of talent under that roof. A tremendous. I mean, you have. I don't know if people realize. You know, I think. I think a lot of people think. That all the talent went to Israel. That any talented youngster in their 20s and 30s in our community is now living in Israel, which is somewhat true, but there is a lot of talent left here. People who are just so dedicated, great at what they do, phenomenal at relating to kids, and and making a real difference.
12: So you said the word. I think that that I wanted to make sure you said, which is dedicated. I think yeah. you know I took my family um, on that Chabatone, uh, and we spent. Uh, it was with our summer staff uh, staff. You know that right. literally gives up. Some of them are married with children, gives up their summer to go there. Some of them bring their children right. um, on on the bus. Um, in Israel, and uh, to me. Uh, it's amazing to do this work. And it's amazing to see that talent, but but the dedication when you sit with somebody and talk to them about what they do, um, and the inspiration. I sat. I took my my four year old son Avery. Um, we sang this Miro's there, and it was. Uh, I try at home. It's just not the same um, as being in the middle of that dining room. Five hundred people the, help exactly, so. and just being in the middle with uh, with Ray Benavitz and be, and with Ray Kamenetsky and with the amazing staff that we have, um, especially over the summer, is incredible. But the but the team during the year and the people who work all year round, uh, night and day, and then get, Go on the summer with their same teens and go to Israel and, and or, or or travel and people say, "Oh, you're going to Israel this summer on vacation?" No, the people that go to visit there go for two, three, four days just to see their teens and keep that relationship alive, and that's pretty special.
0: Pretty amazing. Daniel Gordon's here. He is the uh, chief relationship officer for NCSY New York, associate national director of development for NCSY. Well, we're doing all this, you know, without intending really. We're doing all this, uh, you know, these fundraising pitches. Do you want to tell people? what they could do to to be part of all this? Yeah, so to
12: support um, New York NCSY specifically, we have two amazing uh, programs going on right now. Um, One we have next week um, at Westchester Day School. I actually was... Went to Westchester Summer Day. If you have never been, this is a plug for them that they didn't even ask me for. But if you have never been to Westchester Day Schools campus in Marinette,
0: I was there for the uh, basketball games. I mean,
12: my God! But you go out to the back and you look at the Long Island Sound. Um, you know, and 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 the, the, their neighbor, who apparently is the nicest guy now. Um, you know, their kids go. It's amazing. So they, you can literally sit on the Long Island Sound. We'll be spending an even uh, an evening on the Long Island Sound. i um, eating a five um, a five course uh, prefixed uh, meal uh, paired with wine. I believe uh, you experience at one time my food uh, prowess um, uh, in the Center for Kosher. I think you blocked that out of your mind. Well,
0: remind me, please. Um, when
12: Daniel Gordon uh, successfully defeated uh, other members <laughs> of the and oh, Signal yes! Network you the actually... Center for Kosher Culinary.
0: Yes, uh, we'd, we'd have to call you a food expert, I guess. Um,
12: definitely a foodie. I wouldn't <laughs> that say That was a expert. chopped competition. Yes, I would have been an expert had I beaten my twin brother in the Manischewitz. <laughs> right, um, that was that, devastating uh, yes, to you. Yes, that was devastating. That was so devastating. that would have made me an expert. Now I can just call myself a foodie. <laughs> um, so, so more information for that. And uh, people
0: think we don't have quality programming. Uh, by the way, I, you know what?
12: My brother and I talk about that event all the time because we um, each were paired with a, with a, with a young right. child, um, like five, six, seven, eight years old. And now we have four, five, six, seven, eight-year-olds, right. um, and we like <laughs> to think that that night helped prepare us. But then again, nothing prepares you, um, as you know. And so anyway, you can go to uh, newyork.ncsy.org uh, slash Masika because um, we are partnering with, uh, uh, with a celebrity chef on that, um, Newyork.ncsy dot org slash Masika for that event. And the other. Event, wait, which, wait,
0: so that's pop up restaurant is literally in the school.
12: Yeah. It's, and it's in the it's No, it's not in the school. It's, oh, it's outside the school. It's that, on the Long Island Sound. So there will, you'll be set up. Uh, you'll be together, whether it's with, um, uh, you know, your your spouse, your friends, um, your children. Uh, you can come. You can support the work that we do um, and enjoy, quite frankly, an amazing meal, an amazing time um, in a beautiful setting. Uh, and the other event that we are doing uh, is a Chinese auction, uh, something that I wasn't familiar with before I came to NCSY, but apparently is a, a tradition um, at NCSY and at New York NCSY. And uh, this oh, year... Oh, this is their big event. Yeah, and this year, I think, is more... What date is that? Um, it, the drawing will be June 25th. Nice. Um, so it's going on right now. And they're doing an actual event, or it's all going to be virtual? Uh, no, it's all going to be virtual. Wow. Uh, this, this is 2018. No, I
0: know, but I know they've, they've had both.
12: So. Yeah, and so... um, but But... June twenty-fifth. The 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 hardest, and I think the bittersweet part of this. Um, of this conversation is that we are doing it in memory of Lisa Zucker. Um, for uh, people who don't know uh, who Lisa and Rabbi Moshe Zucker um, were and are, um, you're really missing out. I didn't know them until uh, until I came to uh, to New York NCSY. And uh, Rabbi Zucker has been working uh, for NCSY. We like to like cover our mouths to, like 30-something years. Um, uh, uh, more than, than Einhard, that. Yeah, 30, yeah. Seven, 30, oh, 37, that's yeah, Oh, that's I would think over um, 40. And somebody who dedicates his entire life and being uh, to NCSY and to New York NCSY. And uh, that certainly was... Um, indicative of 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 who Lisa was as well. Oh no um,
0: question. I I was at their wedding and um, and many people
12: in this audience. That is audi- one tall dancing. Uh,
0: and one and, yeah. and one of I'm sure people in this audience are wondering if in fact Rabbi Moshe Zucker you're referring to is in fact Zooks from the old. Yeah, that's Zooks. Right, Moshe Zucker. Zooks
12: he, and stretch as that's he a- as
0: he was known. And Lisa was amazing. And uh, passed away after a relatively short, unfortunately, uh, well, whether it's fortunate or not, but, uh, but very quickly uh, for, 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 you know, for everyone's purposes. Anyway, um, so she is sorely missed. And the auction, he, Rabbi Zucker, he should live and be well with his wonderful family. He used to come into this studio and push that auction like crazy. And uh, we can get him on again. Why uh, I, not?
12: I can imagine that I will get a phone call from Rabbi Zucker right <laughs> telling me how amazing I did, but also saying, you know, next time, um, because he really is a is a is, is a rub of college. Well. He yeah, really has shaped um, thousands. Of, I mean, we have people on our staff. We have people who, who – I go all around the city talking to people and all yeah. around New York who say, oh, is Rabbi Zucker still I say, Of course, Rabbi is still there. Rabbi Zucker, God willing, will be here for many years uh, yeah. to come. He's um, and so we launched a scholarship fund um, in memory of Lisa Zucker, nice. which is starting with this um, with this auction. And uh, you can go online to newyork.ncsy.org slash auction. That is newyork.ncsy.org slash auction for some amazing prizes, um, but also to support an amazing cause and to, and to pay tribute uh, to an amazing woman who really did uh, so much uh, for Kali. So, you know, they tell the stories of Rabbi Zucker Used to bring potato kugel um, that 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 Lisa Zucker would make every single Friday because uh, he also teaches in Ezra Academy. Yep. Um, just so that they could get a taste of Shabbos, and that to me is yep. the epitome. He yep. was telling me stories. People they <laughs> they would show up on Shabbos and they'd sleep on the floor. I mean, this is a guy who really his home is and was um uh you know a place for for kollelists to gather um and for the spirit of Shabbos and of Yiddishkeit to be to be seen firsthand.
0: Yeah, I'll tell you that um, he could sit and tell you a million stories very similar to. And those. he does. And he does. That's great. Uh, so, first of all, uh, and when you say NewYork.NCSY, uh, it's n NCSY. No, no, it's, it's spelled out. It's the whole word. That's the whole word. All right, so NewYork.NCSY.org slash auction. NewYork.NCSY.org slash auction. That's information about the auction for the 25th and the information about the Lisa Zucker scholarship funds yes, all there, I assume. it's all there. So, again, it's NewYork.NCSY.org slash auction. Gives us an opportunity to really pay amazing tribute to... Uh, Rebbets and Lisa Zucker. Uh, plus, in addition, as uh, as Daniel Gordon said, the uh, New York NCSY pop-up restaurant with Chef Near Masika happens on June the 12th outside of Westchester Day School in um, Mamaronek, is it? Mamaronek. In Mamaronek. You could RSVP ncsy.org slash Masika, ncsy.org slash Masika. I think that's
12: newyork.ncsy.org.
0: Oh, so. correct. I'm sorry. Again, the same thing, New York spelled out, newyork.ncsy.org slash mesika, M-E-S-I-K-A, newyork.ncsy.org slash mesika. So you have a lot,
12: lot of stuff going on. Baruch Hashem. Boy,
0: oh, boy, I'll tell you. I'm very happy about the auction. <laughs> Um, I don't know if it's usually in June, maybe it is always around this time, I don't remember, but uh, it's always a great event, and it, it tr- provides a tremendous amount of support for New York NCS1.
12: And I, I can tell you that on that very Shabbaton, um so I got introduced yeah. to the entire... Uh, audience, because they don't really know who I am. Right. Baruch Hashem. Um, we have better people uh, doing, doing the actual work with the teens. And I got introduced and teens came over to me and they said, thank you so much for the work that you do. That's already step one. I think we're doing pretty, uh, pretty, pretty good for ourselves um, and for Kali Yisrael. And, uh, and some of them even said, like, how can I help you um, raise more funds for me to go to Israel? Or how can Wow. I help-? And so I said, and, and, and that haunted me. And that haunted me for the Shabbos. That's haunted me till this day. It inspires me um, uh, to do the work that we do. And, and I was sitting next to another colleague um, during, uh, during the ebbing. Uh, I, I right even, before he had the job, yeah, so I'm still not even sure. We have to—is is, is that in Webster's? We got to get it there. And um, that's the Shal Shidus Havadla thing. And, and kids are crying. Kids are literally crying because their NCSY time is over. They're seniors, and this is like their culmination, their graduation. Now, I'm looking at them tearing up. I cry all the time, um, and I'm crying because they want to do more. And 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 one of the things that I've said to many people since then is that if our community is at a point where it's not about the teenagers not wanting to be inspired and not being inspired and not wanting to go to Israel. And it's not about their parents not wanting them to go to Israel. It's just about money. Then I think, on the one hand, Baruch Hashem, we are an amazing place. But on the other hand, come on, we have to wake up and we have to really enable people to do the things that they want to do. Because if a no teenager question. wants to go spend a year studying in Eretz um, especially from a public school, then shame on us if we can't make that happen.
0: 100%. Speak to Rabbi Zooks. He'll tell you how to do it. <laughs> I, trust me. I've, amazing. I've, I've
12: watched him take out his checkbook and say, I'm going to pay for this kid to do this." And I've watched him, you know, go over to people and say, "We have to do this," and inspire them and talk to them. And that's and that's really, um, you know, the epitome of the work that we do and, and the inspiration that we bring.
0: Daniel Gordon, he's Chief Relationship Officer at NCSY New York, Associate National Director of Development at NCSY, and he reminds you about next, week event, next week's event on June the 12th. That is the exclusive pop-up restaurant dinner with the uh, well-known chef. That's happening up in the and you can get information at the NCSY New York website and on the 25th of June that's when the virtual drawing takes place I mean it'll be a real drawing but you know what I mean for the virtual auction uh an annual event for New York NCSY which is always a great fundraiser and really a, f- a whole a, a very fun thing a lot of great prizes always it's a very very fun concept and a a wonderful event so check it out go to New York spell it out newyork.ncsy.org slash auction Daniel Gordon
12: I just want to say, as always, when I'm down here and when I'm with you, I want to thank my nursery school teacher, Morris <laughs> Stacy. Um, my twin uh, brother and I were students of Morris Stacy's. Um, and she's still
0: in education.
12: Yeah, I like to say that That uh, I was actually talking to another teacher of mine yesterday at the parade, and they were introducing me to their grandmother. And I said, I liked, my brother and I like to think that we made some of our teachers who they are today. And the grandmother looked at me like I was nuts. I said, we we took our job very seriously of making it as challenging as possible for our teachers um, and to see if they could survive us, they could survive anyone. But I saw. I saw more Stacey on the Shabbaton right. with my children. Right. Um, and I think they were tears of joy when she saw that my
0: children. <laughs>
12: that just turned out normal. <laughs> no, no, that my children, uh, Baruch Hashem, you know, I have a, I have yeah. a four year old now and he's in nursery. And I say, oh, <gasps> that's th- cool. The fact that there were two of me, yeah. uh, two of him, right. two of me in school um, is, 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 is really a tribute to more Stacey. And so I think uh, I yeah. always want to make sure to thank well, her. Well, thank you. Heard, I'm sure yeah. she appreciates that. Daniel Gordon, I thank you. This was really fun. Anytime.
0: Continued success with the uh, new position and uh, with all the efforts to help both New York and National and CSY. Monday morning broadcast, plenty more coming up. It's JM in the AM. (laughs)
2: awa o lokarashi om khazar min ishlam ata kbar lo I have been in the garden, I have in the garden, I have been in I'm in love
0: Jam in the AM, it's uh, Machar done by Mordechai Shapiro. My thanks to Daniel Gordon. Met Council on Jewish poverty, had their 42nd annual legislative breakfast yesterday at the Yale Club, all under the direction, of course, of uh, their CEO, David Greenfield. It was a pleasure being there, and it was really um, very touching. A few things were very touching. One of them was that the breakfast was in tribute to the memory of Assemblyman Michael Samanowitz, whose family was there, and uh, I'm glad I was there to pay tribute as well. A real mensch who made a tremendous difference and represent our community well and gave our community a really good name in the New York State Assembly, and he is missed. And um, I'm glad I was able to be there for that portion of the program. And Kalach to told the government officials who were there and then afterwards went to the uh, Celebrate Israel Parade to uh, celebrate Israel 70 with us, which was pretty cool. I want to thank our friends at Ale. They brought our coverage of the Celebrate Israel Parade to all of you around the world. Uh, Aleh is uh, available by uh, going to their website. You can support them and learn more about them by going to aleh.org, A-L-E-H.org. And as we've been recommending, you could shop at their boutique, aleh.org slash boutique. Uh, percentage of the sales, of course, go to uh, the Aleh organization. You could twin your bar bat mitzvah with a youngster at Aleh in Israel, alehmitzvah.org. And if you're heading to Israel this summer, we recommend you go and visit their facility you will certainly be inspired. So a big thank you to Aleph for being the presenting sponsor of yesterday's Celebrate Israel Parade. Also to Yudin's Appliances and the American Committee for Charitetic Medical Center in Jerusalem and the Rothenberg Law Firm and Carmel Winery. A big thank you to all of them, all sponsors of our broadcast yesterday from Fifth Avenue, which is getting rave reviews, I'm proud to say, and thanks to our entire team for a great production and a wonderful day in New York City. J.J. Sussman is in our studio here at JM in the AM. He is the international director of Gesher. Gesher says the following, like two-thirds of the Israeli population, Gesher realizes that internal conflict is one of the greatest threats facing Israel. Gesher facilitates dialogue between different segments of society, secular, religious Zionists, and ultra-Orthodox, in a wide variety of formats to bridge the gap between the groups while maintaining and celebrating the differences. Gesher is the leading organization of its kind that helps build understanding and respect between all types of Jews in Israel based on their common Jewish identity. Recently, Gesher's expanded its mandate of bringing together different sectors of Israeli society to include bridging the gap between Jews in Israel and around the world. And if I'm not mistaken, part of the... Uh, journey to the United States. This time around to something called Gesher Olami. To do exactly that, spread the word around the world. J.J. Sussman, international director of Gesher. Welcome to JM in the AM. Hi, thanks, Nahum. It's uh, great to be here this morning. I appreciate that. I uh, I think it's one of the most noble causes we have, trying to unify people, trying to get people in our community to understand each other and live together. How long have you been associated with Gesher
13: First of all, nobody knows the importance of Jewish unity better than you, Nachum. You. I've been at Gesher uh, about three years after spending a lot of years in uh, high tech in Israel. I decided to uh, focus on what I believe to be the greatest issue facing the Jewish people: the unity of the Jewish people. And it's been a great ride since. And we are uh, many people know Gesher for many many years as uh, facilitating dialogue between youth in Israel. Mm-hmm. And over the last few years, we've shifted or expanded. Our mandate also in terms of the, uh, the, we work now with leaders in Israeli society, so Director Generals of Ministries and Mayors. And this group that we just had here this week that we saw you on Fifth Avenue yesterday with uh, was a special group that we called Gesher Olami, a group of uh, people responsible for the education of over 300,000 youth in Israel. They're the Directors of Education in local municipalities, large ones like Haifa, Haredi ones like El Ad and Beitari Elit, influential ones like Modi'in. Influential because I live there, and uh, and Herzliya and Ashdod and Steyrot, and this group spent uh, a week here in Israel together, really uh, delving into and immersing themselves in what makes American the American Jewish community the New York Jewish community so rich and vibrant.
0: How many people total in that group?
13: That group uh, was ten people, ten leaders, a very uh, focused group. But but I was with them for the day yesterday and the uh, closing dinner we had before they went on the plane last night was uh, tear-jerking, if I, uh, and that's not a hyperbole. I mean, these people were blown away. First of all, they participated in the parade, right. I think for an Israeli to participate... Right. In we the, don't
0: realize it, because for us, it's, you know... Having grown up
13: here, I haven't marched in the parade in probably 25 years. I mean, I did so growing up as a kid, but doing so with a group of Israelis who have never done it before, literally, they turned the corner onto Fifth Avenue, and tears came down their face. Yeah, so it was an amazing, it. amazing spectacle.
0: Uh, do they think that we are unified in the American Jewish community? Do they think that Haredim, secular, and all the different categories I just read are more unified than those in Israel?
13: So I think one of the issues that we are facing, and certainly has come to the fore over the last couple of years, is that there's a tremendous amount of uh, just pure ignorance about what goes on in America amongst even Israelis who are very smart people and intelligent people. They've, They've been to America, but they've never really spent time in the Jewish community and understand... The, the nuances, I mean, I'm sure like many Americans don't understand the nuances in the Israeli community, right. but the relationship for many years has been very asymmetrical. American Jewish community supported the Israeli, you know, Israel through thick and thin. And now uh, we in Israel are making decisions, leaders in Israel are making decisions every day, which affect people on the ground here in, in many ways. I mean, you see it come up again and again. And I think there's a tremendous effort on part of organizations like Gesher to bring Israelis to understand to try to understand, to begin to understand the nuances that exist here in the Jewish community. Just on this trip, we had people like Rabbi Avi Shafran speak to the group, but we also went to the Heschel School on the Upper West Side. Richard Joel spoke to the group. I mean, they really got a, a wide uh, variety of—and they spent Shabbat on the Upper West Side. People, the, the Rabbi Berman, I see, was part of it. Rabbi right? Berman spoke to the group. Rabbi David right. Seth Kirshner spoke to the group. Uh, and they spent Shabbat on the Upper West Side, uh, tasting the very different uh, types of uh, communities on the Upper West Side. Right. All the different types of shuls, and uh, and they, they finished with Suda Shulishit on Lincoln Square Synagogue, which was uh, which was also incredible. You're in Israel. How many years?
0: It's a good question. Over 25 years. So, what what when we look at Israel and the question of unity, we're always affected by this blockade. It seems to be a blockade, an impossible hurdle to overcome about the topic of army service, uh, and I wonder if that whole category, that whole topic, is simply a convenient way for our media to remind us that we are not united and in reality someone like you who's living there on the spot might see a difference in how this has developed over the years and that there's really that even with that whole army issue there's still plenty of hope for unity
13: there's definitely hope for unity uh uh we see it again i mean we're celebrating we're marking unity day next week Gesher as a partner right. in the unity day project and if you hearken back four years ago when uh, the boys were kidnapped and during those 18 days where The Jewish people just unified, and and we're we're unified, and and the Israelis felt it. And and I think the challenge that we have is to take that time, which we always feel during times of of tragedy and fear, and translate that into everyday life. And we see—you know, I'm I'm blessed to work in this field every day. So I see these things happen
0: daily, uh, these types of uh, unity projects happening every single day. And and you could tell us that in that episode with the boys, everyone in Israel— Every community was praying for them. Uh,
13: def- uh, praying or supporting them in right. some way, you know, it's always uh, complicated when you get into right. religious rituals. But uh, definitely there was a, a lot of unity. And Look, I don't want to paint a, a, a utopian picture. Right. Obviously there are differences, but that's exactly what we, what we, even though there are differences, Rabbi Sachs has a great line. I don't need you to agree with me, but I need you to love me. Right. And I think that's, that's what we saw with this group that was here this last week. They sensed a feeling of community and love and family. That, uh, that No, matter, sometimes no matter who you met. Yeah, no matter who we met. Reform, conservative, orthodox, right. Haredi. And, and it's something which we tend to overlook on our day-to-day lives. But if we can focus on that and bring that to the fore, would you do every single day, I mean, I've seen, and, and I follow you, obviously, and Thank see you. all the incredible things that you guys do. But that's exca- exactly the kind of thing that we need. If I can just add, you sure. know, on, on Friday, I was in Israel still. I only landed yesterday morning. And I was at the uh, Kfura of Rabbi David Kamenetsky. Right. who was my principal Manhattan day sure. school. And Rabbi Yossi Kamenetsky spoke just one line, which I think stuck with me. He said about his father that he was uh, kashel echos Venoach lirtzot. And I think that, as somebody who went to Menehan School and Rabbi Kamenetsky influenced thousands of, uh, Translate of youth... Translate for us, please. ...like me. Is someone who's very hard to make upset, and, uh, and I think that's the focus. Someone yeah. who doesn't get upset, he never yelled. And I think that that can be translated to the entire Jewish community. We, we have our disagreements, we have our differences, but uh, Rabbi Ephraim Goldberg wrote about it recently also, uh, that if we focus on what we have in common, we can certainly deal with those differences in a way which we can continue to recognize that we are one family and we can respect each other. Going forward,
0: JJ Sussman's here, international director for Gesher, the Gesher Olami program. As you heard him describe, just took place and uh, ended yesterday in New York City. We always wonder about the uh, the capability of really understanding each other, uniting, being a part of each. You, in fact, in the in the um, paragraph that I read. Actually, wrote celebrating the differences that we should understand and, in many ways, acknowledge the differences, even if it's something we wouldn't incorporate into our own lives. Absolutely, I think that's what makes us so
13: special. Shvim Panim right? We all disagree, Beit Shammai, Beit argued vociferously, yet recognize that we were part of the same family. I think that's what makes us such a special people. The fact that we're all different, the fact that we all bring our different flavor to the uh, to the uh, mosaic of the Jewish people, and I think right. if we can recognize that on this group, you should have seen with the ten people. We had uh, Rabbi Mordechai Beeri, who looks like a regular chassid, you know, and dressed like you would expect Where does him he to live, dress you know? in Elad. Uh, together with uh, Yehuda Kornblit, also on Beit Elit on the one hand, and Ilana Struk and uh, Tsvi Maliach who are Chiloni women in charge of the education in Haifa, and. And these people, one of the comments I said at the closing dinner yesterday was that, "How come I have to come all the way to America to recognize that I can sit with one another? We can sit with one another, talk about real issues, and go deeply." Into they the enjoyed attention.
0: each other's company,
13: they, and they'll translate that back into Israel. Now, that's what's so beautiful about uh, the work that I do. I get to see that happen on the ground back into Israel. I, I don't know if a lot of people were exposed this week. I think to Rabbi Menachem Bombach, who was in America, right. who was the Haredi guy with video went viral around right. Del So he graduated our Gesher leadership program also a few years ago. He participated with us on one of these trips to London. Actually, not has he York. been thrown
0: out of his community yet. So he's a,
13: he's a real pioneer, and I think that's right. what we're starting to see. He's certainly
0: a revolutionary
13: in, in his community. But how
0: did his community react to that? I need to know.
13: He suffers on a personal level uh, almost daily by the extremists within his community. He has videos up on his Facebook, as you can see, of people throwing tar at his uh, window or screaming up Oh yeah, 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 But he has his incredible inner strength to continue to uh, to to do what he believes is right. But I, what I'm what, the point I'm trying to make is that. That was three years ago. Now three years later, we're dealing with the head of education who, who's as institutional as you come in uh, in Beitar elite and in Alad. So there's tremendous amount of optimism and reason to be optim- optimistic. That we have, uh, and it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. So
0: understood. Does he believe if he sits down with the tar throwers that, that progress can be made? So I
13: think they are extremists on every side, and I right. think that uh, he believes he's doing the right thing. And uh, and and right. I, I haven't asked him that question. Ken, <laughs> we'll save that for when he shows he's up. He's a here. great guy. He's a great guy. <laughs> Does he speak English? So he loves to start his speeches by saying he didn't speak Hebrew till the age of twenty.
0: Is he an English speaker?
13: No, he speaks He learned in Yiddish oh, until Yish. he grew up in Meisharim. I mean, he only learned Yiddish, and uh, he didn't speak Hebrew till he was 20, and now he speaks a great English. I mean, he spent the week in New York uh, <laughs>
0: speaking in <at laughs> t and wherever. You need to get around. You <laughs> need to get around and support the yeshiva, so he, he certainly learned
13: English uh, well.
0: Um, but no. he's a
13: great—Miriam Peretz went through our program. Wow. But also Asaf Lieberman, who runs the uh, daily uh, program on the, on the major broadcasting station in Israel from sure. 8 to 10 every morning, every trigger on Galitzal from 6 to 8 every morning. All these leaders in Israeli society. Yesterday, I met Yossi Sharabi, who's the director general of the Ministry of Culture in right. Israel. They had the party after the parade in Times Square, right. which I don't know if you were at, but it was an incredible spectacle. All of Times Square you know, was in blue. I heard what? it was incredible. Yeah. It was incredible. And Yossi Sharabi was a guy who participated on our program two years ago to recognize the richness of America, the, American, the relationship of America, America's Jewish community and Israel. Two years later, he's the director general of the ministry that's participating and sponsoring this program to bring a little bit of Israel into, uh, into New York. And it's incredible to see.
0: Amazing, uh, JJ Sussman's here. There are people who believe that there are certain major issues, and I'm sorry I keep bringing up the, you know, the, the, the hurdles, but you know, they're a reality. Uh, the, the reality
13: in israel too obviously understood i mean, Ch- right? I mean can we freedom.
0: ever get past the kotel issue can we ever get past the conversion issue can we ever get past the marriage and who's in charge of the can we ever can can the rabbanud be a part of gesher <laughs>
13: <laughs> these are all great questions questions which we need to deal with from a position of love and respect of the jewish people obviously there are reasons to uh to to go to this side or to that side but but the dialogue is the important part, even the Kotel issue. The Kotel issue, what was beautiful about it in the beginning was that they came to an agreement. Right. The challenge and the unfortunate part about it was that the government ended up freezing that agreement, which right. led to the entire uh, blow-up blow of the issue. Blow-up is a, is a right. dangerous word to use. Right. In the hoopla. <laughs> but, Let's but say hoopla. The hoopla around, <laughs> around the issue. But, but you have organizations like the UJA Federation of New York who saw that and recognized that how can we deal with the issue? We can either throw our hands up and say, forget it, we're never going to deal with this, or we can invest and make... You know, and, and fund programs that are going to help deal with this issue the next time they come around. And they funded our program, the Gesher Olami program, to bring Israeli leaders and these educators to understand what the Jewish community is. There's so much ignorance and Israeli arrogance right. when it comes to the American Jewish community. And that mixture is, is very dangerous. And if we can uh, get rid of the ignorance, at least, by, by bringing them here and letting them see what's going on for real... And understanding that these are real people, hopefully, when they're in the positions to make decisions, they'll do so from a uh, from at least a position of knowledge and and familial relationship with our brothers across the sea.
0: And you've emphasized in this conversation the Gesher Olami concept, Israel, the United States, this whole understanding. But I, I do want to emphasize for the audience that that what they would hope uh, is happening in Israel, which is the first uh, mantra, the first uh, goal of Gesher. Uh, is also in full swing, right? That that people are from different camps are sitting down on a regular basis, participating in your programs and trying to come to some type of understanding. So no question,
13: I think what the what the trip to America does, by the way, it accomplishes both goals. Uh, the, the point oh, that I made to you about right. the we, we, all right. of our groups have Haredim, chilonim, and datiim as part of the group, and once you come and meet with somebody in America. You end up start asking yourselves questions. It's like, what am I doing sitting across from this guy in America? What's my connection to him? What does that mean about my own Jewish identity? And why can't I be doing this back home? And that's what happened. Literally, that's what's going to be happening over the next few weeks with this specific group. It's what happened with the last group we brought in. There's still all the, the, my, my most active WhatsApp groups on my phone are these delegations that we uh, that we bring in. And they're all talking about how can we make Israel a better place to become a model that you here sitting on the Lower East Side can be proud of and that you know Jews around the world can be proud of. So...
0: You know, a member of Knesset Yehuda Glick was in that chair talking about Hinam and and his work. And uh, for him, it's all about attitude. He has such a positive outlook. Uh, In some ways, maybe it's, you know, there's no other choice. You know, what what other choice is there? You know, to be negative about it is not going to get us the results that we want and it's certainly not going to accomplish anything. And I would assume that the people you're hanging out with and those who you invite have a very positive outlook, a very open outlook to other people. And I I would hope that as they spread the word in their own communities, you mentioned Haifa and all these other areas, that they spread the word in their own communities, I would hope that they would influence others to explore the same way they have.
13: So so it's interesting that
0: not all of those people had that outlook
13: before they came on our program. Interesting. But once they... And they still accepted an invitation from me. And they still accepted the invitation. Well, it includes a free trip to America. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah, no, not all of them had that outlook before. But certainly, once they finished the program, they, uh, you know, our, our numbers are. We measure these things very carefully, obviously. And our numbers, once they finish the program, their, their attitudes change almost sometimes 180 degrees. And and just on this trip alone, like I said, these people are the heads of education. During the trip, they were sending back to their staff in their, spe- you know, specific cities. Their, uh, their, you know, what they learn during the day and how that can affect their own educational systems. So like I said, Gesher is known for working with youth. We used to bring together religious and secular schools for weekend uh, seminars right, over the I years know. for decades. We expanded to work with leaders in Israeli society. This specific program now is refocused back on how can we affect as many youth as possible to start that process of recognizing the other from such an early age because the problem is so deep Within Israeli society, like you said, my, my kids go to a religious Zionist school. If I don't do anything about it, because the school system is so siloed, they may never meet a secular Israeli or a Haredi Israeli until they go to the army, or if the Haredim don't go to the army, you know, maybe never. And if we don't do something active about that, about building the bridge between the different communities, the president talks about this all the time, but but that's something that we all really need to to actively work on to, to make those bridges and recognize that if we don't build a cohesive society, we... You know, it's the internal threat that has always brought us down as a nation. If we don't fix that, then uh,
0: then there really we're in trouble. No, then there really is no hope. Right. The only hope we have is real Jewish unity. We know that God, and we know this from our tradition, that God during times when when the Jewish world did not behave properly at all, still recognized when they were unified. Still, right, so, I, so I'll, as they say, "Alachas Vakama." They say, you know, that uh, how the more so. That if we are, in fact, uh, behaving in a, in a moderate to normal fashion, if we're unified, it can only be an amazing achievement.
13: Yeah, there's no there's no question about it. And like I said, I'm blessed now for the last three years to be working in an organization, and I see this every single day. I see those little points of uh, optimism in Israeli society, those Menachem Bambachs or Miriam Peretzes or, or Avi Mimran, the radio anchor for Radio Kolchai, talking to uh, Tal Schneider, who's a secular woman writing for Globes and, and forming partnerships to, feel, you know, to think about how they can create Jewish unity going forward within Israel and, and beyond.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. A lot of these people who become well known to us have had such unbelievable, and I say that not in a positive way, uh, experiences. Miriam Peretz, Rachele Frankel, I mean, such tragic situations, and yet they're bouncing back not only for themselves and their own family, but they're spreading a message that's so vital. To the Jewish world, I'm, a, I'm in awe
13: sometimes with those kinds of people. Like yeah. Mary Paris, we had her on our, our trip here in New York, and many people in the community were uh, privileged. Uh, she, you know, she came with us, spent about on the Upper West Side uh, on her trip a year ago with a whole group, and uh, and when she won the Israel Prize uh, just a few months ago, or whatever, Yom yeah. I guess month Recently, and a half ago, yeah. I, that I, I'm sure that had reverberations here across the world, sure. but within Israel, it was it was an you know, and was so needed within Israeli society, that kind of uh, of speech, which uh, really spoke exactly about the issues that we work on every single day.
0: Unbelievable. Uh, what, does our audience, what does our audience need to know? Um, is there a website? There's a website,
13: gesherusa.org. When you come to Israel, please uh, come to visit us. You mentioned Ale right before I came here, by yes. the way. Avi Wertzman who uh, works at Ale, I don't know if he's ever sat in this chair like Yehuda. Not yet. But uh, he's invited. He also went through our program. So we're really working with leaders in Israeli society. We, we, just one more program sure. I can talk about. We've been partners with the uh, Israel Defense Forces for the last 17 years, and uh, all of the uh, officers that they graduate, which which are in the thousands every single year, as part of the officer's training course, go through a week of, uh, uh, of educational training in a base near Jerusalem, and half of that week is dedicated to Gesher programming, where because these are the future leaders of Israeli society, the young leaders in Israel, and uh, and, and we spend a lot of time with them facilitating dialogue. You have a kibbutznik on the one hand, and somebody who lives in Ofra or in Gush Etzion on the other hand, and if they don't know how to work with each other and lead each other on the front lines, then, uh, then we're in trouble. And the Army recognizes this for, for the last, already, like I said, 17 years we've been working on this program. And it's just refreshing to, to see them come out, you know, the other end of the program, arguing vociferously about very serious issues, but recognizing that they have one arm around the other's. Arm, you know, on the shoulders, and uh, and and we're still one country,
0: incredible, and one incredible work that you're doing. Website again, please,
13: Gesherusa.org or jj at I'd be happy to talk to anybody, of course. Welcome you to Israel when I get back there.
0: JJ Sussman, he's the international director of Gesher. By the way, on a personal note. The gentleman who just walked into the studio are, students. are colleagues of yours because uh, they are also Manhattan Day School graduates. But also
13: former students of my wife, Mrs. Sussman. Is that not the case? Is
0: that true or not? First grade? I don't know if they had her. I think Benjamin may have had her. I think I think he did. Did you guys have her? No. It all comes back to Manhattan
13: Day School <laughs> on the Lower East Side. <laughs> That's for sure. I, I walked here to the studio this morning and brought back uh, some, some incredible childhood memories of uh, my grandmother. My, grand, my father grew up here and I used to spend time with tell some the, good Tell friends.
0: them the address of your grandmother.
13: My uh, <laughs> my grandmother lived in 475 FDR Drive. That may sound familiar to you guys.
0: <laughs> exactly. Ah, but it's great it.
13: to see uh, the vibrancy here in the Jewish yeah, community. Uh, continued has, uh, mostly by you. Baruch. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate
0: <laughs> that. And they didn't have the privilege of having Rabbi Kamenetsky as a principal, but their older brother, Binyamin... Uh, so maybe did. Binyamin was my wife's. Yeah, too. yeah. I think it was Binyamin. Uh Binyamin did, and... Um, And he was, as you pointed out, an an absolutely unbelievable role model. And Dr. Laz, who many people out there know, pointed out just what you said. He never saw him raise his voice at anybody, and that, of course, is the key. And he influenced
13: thousands, I mean, between MDS and... And uh, Moginov and YNJ, yeah.
0: it's incredible to, to see amazing. someone who had so much influence over so many. JJ, thanks for being here today. This is a real pleasure, and I thank you for having me. JJ Sussman, International Director for Guest Share. Plenty more coming up. It is a Monday morning broadcast at JM in the AM.
2: Me grow, be a shame Oh man, I love cool on my medium. We do love. Oh, much I'll be going. Oh, much me. Me. Oh, yeah. I love you. I
0: JM in the AM, that's uh, Mordechai Shapiro. A couple of great selections, Lee and uh, Coulomb, as we get set to wrap up a uh, a Monday morning broadcast here at JM in the AM. Um, Want to again thank everybody who had a role in yesterday's show, our friends at Alev for presenting our coverage of the uh, Israel, Celebrate Israel Parade. Uh, all the great sponsors, uh, Yudin's Appliances, Rothenberg Law Firm, Carmel Winery, the American Committee for Shariotetic Medical Center. A big thank you to all of them. And a big thank you to Kosher in Midtown. Kosher in Midtown, 43 East 34th Street, for a delicious lunch served to our staff yesterday. Out on the Parade Route. Israel and brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you as your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listener-sponsored digital radio, around the world, the web, and achemsegel.com, on the Achemsegel Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up a Monday here at M. Thanks to all of our special guests who stopped by today. Uh, Mayor Weingarten, The Israel Show, is next. Between 9 and 10, 10 o'clock, you hear Yoni Pollock and Seth Gordon on the topic of the NBA playoffs and a whole bunch of other great things on After Further Review. And at uh, 11 a.m., Jake Novak on the topic of journalism in America. Jake Novak, Novak Now, coming up at 11 a.m. live right here at the Nakam Siegel Network. Have a fabulous. What is today? Monday! Until <laughs> tomorrow, Nakam Siegel reminding you remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future.